Hey, and welcome to Feminism Reimagined, where we talk about the feminist movement in the past up to today. We will address its issues and the many different parts, good and bad, that make up the movement. This includes the racism, homophobia, religious discrimination, and more that have been present but barely talked about. We're going to be covering intersectionality and how we can change the feminist community for the better. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the history of feminism. The history of feminism is very long and complicated. It is divided into four waves and was started to be used um, when it was published in newspapers. And when people talked about the history of feminism, they started to use the word waves and people embraced it. Yeah, but a lot of people don't like the term waves, right? Because it makes each wave seem like one unified idea or plan. But it's really a lot of different ideas squashed into one time period. Yeah, and a lot of people also think that using the word ways makes the history of feminism sound very separated um, and individual, when in reality, it's interconnected. Mm -hmm. So the first wave was the suffragette movement that started in 1868 and ended in 1920. And it kind of started out with 200 women meeting at the Seneca Falls Convention. They were all talking to each other, and they ended up writing down a list of all the rights that they wanted to have and one that they were all unified under was the right to vote they all wanted the right to vote so protests and marches were set out and they teamed up with abolitionists to try to get their idea across and frederick Douglass um spoke at the seneca falls convention about women's rights But as the movement progressed, a lot of racism started because when black men got the right to vote, but white women still didn't have it, the white women took out their anger on the black men and used the argument a lot that, like, why should slaves get the right to vote when we, rich, white, upper class, educated women, don't? Yeah, praised, some praised and famous feminists such as Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton were actually uh, very racist. And black women were forced to walk behind white women in protests, and sometimes they were banned from attending them. This movement kind of fell apart after the 19th Amendment, which was when women got the right to vote. uh, Yeah, and so women split apart and fought for lots of different rights, like education and employment equality and black women voting rights. Um, Between the first and second wave was also when Hispanic women got the right to vote in 1929. However, this was only women who were completely literate in English, which very little of them were. In the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was when this was stopped and um, uh, Hispanic women were given access to voting completely. Mm -hmm. And so the second wave of feminism started in 1963 and and ended in 1980, and their unified idea was social equality. This movement kind of kicked off when Betty Friedman wrote a book called The Feminine Mystique, which was about how women were unfairly taught to become housewives. And so what really put the movement into swing was how far the reach of that book uh, went. Neighbors passed it on to their neighbors, and three million copies were sold in three years. And so the movement was really about becoming more socially equal to men. And Women raised awareness about domestic violence, domestic labor, um, and during this time, women of color, specifically black women, protested against the many issues that they had. They suffered from a lot of voter suppression. Yeah, voter suppression was a big thing that stopped a lot of black women from being able to vote. Um, 
these these restrictions also include, you know, literacy, literacy tests, voter ID requirements, and even just intimidation threats and acts of violence against those who try to or did vote. There was also um, a lot of forced sterilization to black disabled women in this time, which black women during the second movement um, tried to stop. Yeah, after all these protests and marches, they eventually got the Equal Pay Act of 1963 and Title IX, which gave women the right to educational equality. Yeah, they also got a lot of other um, rights and laws in their favor, making them more socially equal. Toward the end of the movement, um, it kind of lost momentum, though, because there was a lot of negative thoughts about um, feminists, um, and they were being very downgraded. What were these negative thoughts? Like, what was the foundation that formed? What were they? Well, lots of men and some women were saying that feminists were always mean and that they hated all men. And that, you know, if you looked in a crowd of women, you can tell which ones are feminists because they're always the bitter ones. And that movement fell apart then. But then that leads us to the third wave, which started in 1991 and ended around 2008. Um, this wave kind of embraced feminine qualities, which is something that the second waivers didn't do. You know, they the second waivers didn't like being called girls. They wanted to be called women, but the third waivers embraced the term girls and created these riot girl groups, which were kind of underground punk rock bands that used feminine feminist messages in their lyrics. Yeah, the third group helped raise awareness about sexual harassment and acknowledged the workplace harassment in many places. Um, Women were also put in a lot of places of power, and 24 of them were put into the high Congress. Mm -hmm. Like, as opposed to the two waves before, the third wave didn't really focus on one main issue or one main law that they wanted to achieve. Instead, they focused on all of these different things. Yeah, the third wave also didn't have one main um, achievement. Like, the first waivers had the voting right, uh, the 19th Amendment, and the second waivers had um, stuff like the Equal Pay Act. Mm-hmm. And then after the third wave, we don't really know when the third wave stopped and when the fourth wave started, but most people think it's around 2008, like I said. Um, the fourth wave, which is what we're in right now, isn't really focused around one specific political idea or movement yet, but this might change as we progress. Um, it's mainly focused on online, so uh, the Fourth wave feminists use online platforms such as Twitter, Instagram, TikTok to spread their ideas and to spread movements. So uh, one big movement during the fourth wave feminism was the Me Too movement, which is a hashtag that people used on platforms such as Twitter to spread their experiences with sexual harassment and abuse. This movement also focused um, and included a lot of intersectionality. So when did intersectionality start? When was that term really created? Well, the term was created by Kimberly Crenshaw in 1989 and um, was very common and popular. It was focused around BIPOC, which is Black, Indigenous, People of Color. But now the term is used today to um, really represent any people who um, face two different kinds, two or more different kinds of marginalization or oppression. So over the course of this podcast, we're going to go into more depth about these issues and focus on the struggles of more specific groups.
We are a group of students who are trying to educate more people about these issues, and we hope you enjoyed this episode.